0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Book Fanatic. Um, this season we are going to be reading Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Book 1, The Lightning Thief. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I do love this book a lot, and so hopefully you go to love it as much as I do. Now without further ado, let's get started on the chapter. Chapter 1, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher look i didn't want to be a half-blood if you're reading this because you think you might be one my advice is close this book right now believe whatever lie your mom and or dad told you about your birth and try to lead a normal life being a half-blood is dangerous it's scary most of the time it gets you killed in painful nasty ways if you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction, great. Read on. I envy you for being able to believe that none of this ever happened. But if you recognize yourself in these pages, if you feel something stirring up inside, stop reading immediately. You might be one of us. And once you know that, it's only a matter of time before they sense it to, and they'll come for you. Don't say I didn't warn you. My name is Percy Jackson. I'm 12 years old. Until a few months ago, I was a boarding student at Yancey Academy, a private school for troubled kids in upstate New York. Am I a troubled kid? Yeah, you could say that. I could start at any point in my short, miserable life to prove it, but things really started going bad last May when our sixth grade class took a field trip to Manhattan, 28 mental case kids and two teachers on a yellow school bus heading to the Metropolitan Museum of Art to look at ancient Greek and Roman stuff. I know. It sounds like torture. Those fancy field trips were, but Mr. Brenner, our Latin teacher, was leading this trip, so I had hopes. Mr. Brenner was this middle-aged guy in a motorized wheelchair he had thinning hair and a scruffy beard and a frayed tweed jacket which always smelled like coffee you wouldn't think he'd be cool but he told stories and jokes and let us play games in class he also had this awesome collection of roman armor and weapons so he was the only teacher whose class didn't put me to sleep i hope the field trip would be okay at least I hoped that, for once, I wouldn't get in trouble. Boy, was I wrong. See, bad things happen to me on field trips. Like, at my 5th grade school, when we went to the Saratoga Battlefield, I had this accident with a Revolutionary War Cannon. I wasn't aiming for the school bus, but, of course, I got expelled anyway. And before that, at my 4th grade school, when we a behind-the-scenes tour of the marine world shark pool. I sort of hit the wrong lover on the catwalk, and our class took an unplanned swim. And the time before that, well, you get the idea. This trip, I was determined to be good. All the way into the city, I put up with Nancy Boba Fett, the freckly, red-headed kleptomaniac girl, hitting my best friend Grover, in the back of the head with chunks of peanut butter and ketchup sandwich. Grover was an easy target. He was scrawny. He cried when he got frustrated. He must have been held back several grades because he was the only sixth grader with acne and the start of a wispy beard on his chin. On top of all that, he was crippled. He had a note excusing him from P.E. for the rest of his life, because he had some sort of muscular disease in his leg. He walked funny, like every step hurt him, but don't let that fool you. You should have seen him run when it was enchilada day in the cafeteria. Anyway, Nancy Boba Fett was throwing wads at Sandwich that stuck in his curly brown hair, and she knew I couldn't do anything back to her because I was already on probation. The headmaster had threatened me with death, by in school suspension, if anything bad, embarrassing, or even mildly entertaining happened on this trip, I'm going to kill her. I mumbled, Grover tried to calm me down. It's okay, I like peanut butter. He dodged another piece of Nancy's lunch. That's it. I started to get up, but Grover pulled me back to my seat. You're already on probation, he reminded me. You know who'll get blamed if anything happens. Looking back on it, I wish I'd decked Nancy Boba Fett right then and there. In-school so, in suspension would have been nothing compared to the mess I was about to get myself into. Mr. Brunner led the museum tour. He rode up front with his wheelchair, guiding us through the big Ekaweka galleries, past marble statues and glass cases of really old black and orange pottery it blew my mind that the stuff had survived for two thousand three thousand years he gathered us around a 13 foot tall stone column with a big sphinx on the top and started telling us how it was the grave marker a steel for a girl about our age he told us about the carvings on the side I was trying to listen to what he had to say because it was kind of interesting, but everybody around me was talking, and every time I told them to shut up, the other teacher's chaperone, Mrs. Dodds, would give me the evil eye. Mrs. Dodds was this little math teacher from Georgia who always wore a black leather jacket, even though she was 50 years old. She looked mean enough to ride a Harley right into your locker. She had come to Yancey halfway through the year, when our last math teacher had a nervous breakdown. From her first day, Mrs. Dodds loved Nancy Boba Fett and I figured and figured I was the devil spawn. She would point her crooked finger at me and say, Now, honey, real sweet, and I knew I was going to get after-school detention for a month. One time, she after she'd made me erase answers out of old math workbooks until midnight, I told Grover I didn't think Mrs. Dodds was human. He looked at me, real serious, and said, You are absolutely right. Mr. Brenner kept talking about Greek funeral art. Finally, Nancy Boba Fett snickered about something, snickered something about... The naked guy on the steel, and I turned around and said, Will you shut up? It came out louder than I meant to. The whole group laughed. Mr. Brenner stopped his story. Mr. Jackson, he said, Do you have a comment? My face was totally red. I said, No, sir. Mr. Brenner pointed to one of the pictures. On the steel perhaps you could tell us what this picture represents I looked at the carving and felt a flush of relief because I actually recognized it that's Cronos eating his kids right yes mr. Brenner said obviously not satisfied and he did this because well I racked my brain to remember Cronos was the King God and God mr. Brenner asked titan i corrected myself and he didn't trust his kids who were the gods so um kronos ate them right but his wife had baby zeus and gave kronos a rock to eat instead and later when zeus grew up he tricked his dad kronos into eating into barfing up his brothers and sisters ew said one of the girls behind me and so there was a big fight between the gods and titans, I continued, and the gods won. Some snickers from the group. Behind me, Nance of grum- mumbled to a friend, like we're going to use this in real life. Like it's going to say in our job applications, please explain why Chrono's ate his kids. And why. Jackson. <laughs> I'm sorry. And why, Mr. Jackson? Brenner said. To paraphrase Miss Boba Fett's excellent question, does this matter in real life? Busted. Grover muttered. Shut up. Nancy hissed, her face even brighter red than her hair. At least Nancy got packed too. Mr. Brenner was the only one who ever caught her saying anything wrong. He had radar ears. I thought about his question and shrugged. I don't know, sir. I see. Mr. Brenner looked disappointed. Well, half credit, Mr. Jackson. Zeus didn't feed Kronos a mixture of mustard and wine, which made him disgorge his other five children, who, of course, being immortal gods, had been living and growing up completely undigested in the titan's stomach. The gods defeated their father, sliced him to pieces with his own scythe, and scattered his remains into Tartarus, the darkest part of the underworld. On that happy note, it's time for lunch. Mrs. Dodds, would you lead us back outside? The class drifted off, the girls holding their stomachs the guys pushing each other around and acting like doofuses. Grover and I were about to follow when Mr. Brenner said, Mr. Jackson? I knew what was coming. I told Grover to keep going. Then I turned towards Mr. Brenner. Sir? Mr. Brenner had this look that you wouldn't let go. D- darn it! <laughs> Mr. Brenner had this look that wouldn't let you go. Intense brown eyes that could have been a thousand years old, and had seen everything. You must learn the answer to my question, Mr. Benner told me. About the Titans? About real life, and how your studies apply to it. Oh, what you will learn from me, he said, is vitally important. I expect you to treat it as such. I will only accept the best from you, Percy Jackson. I wanted to get angry. This guy pushed me so hard. I mean, sure, it was kind of cool on tournament days when he dressed up in a suit of Roman armor and shouted, What ho? And challenged us, sword point against chalk, to run to the board and name every Greek and Roman person who had ever lived, and their mother. And what God they worshipped. But Mister Bruner expected me to be as good as everybody else, despite the fact that I have dyslexia, and attention deficit disf- disorder, and I never made it, and I had never made above a C minus in my life. No, he didn't expect me to be as good. He expected me to be better. And I just couldn't learn all of those names and facts, much less spell them correctly. I mumbled something about trying harder, while Mr. Brunner took one long, sad look at the steel, like he'd been at this girl's funeral. He told me to go outside and eat my lunch. The class gathered on the front steps of the museum, where we could watch the traffic, darn it, I'm sorry. Um The class gathered on the front steps of the museum where we could watch the foot traffic along the 5th Avenue. Overhead, a huge storm was brewing. The clouds I'm I'm sorry. I keep on messing up. Um Overhead, a huge storm was brewing with clouds blacker than I'd ever seen over the city. I figured maybe it was global warming or something because the weather all across New York State had been weird since Christmas. We'd had massive snowstorms, flooding, wildfires from lightning strikes. I wouldn't have been surprised if this was a hurricane blurring in. Nobody else seemed to notice. Some of the guys were pelting pigeons with Lunchable crackers. Nancy Boba Fett was trying to pickpocket something from a lady's purse, and, of course... Mrs. Dodds wasn't seeing a thing. Grover and I sat at the edge of the fountain, away from the others. We thought maybe if we did that, everybody wouldn't know we were from that school. The school for loser freaks who couldn't make it elsewhere. Detention? Grover asked. Nah, I said. Not from Brunner. I just wish he'd lay off me sometimes. I mean, I'm not a genius. Grover didn't say anything for a while. Then, when I thought he was going to give me some deep philosophical comment to make me feel better, he said, Can I have your apple? I didn't have much of an appetite, so I let him take it. I watched the stream of cabs going down Fifth Avenue and thought about my mom's apartment, only a little ways uptown from where we sat. I hadn't seen her since Christmas. I wanted so bad to jump in a taxi and head home. She'd hug me and be glad to see me, but she'd be disappointed too. She'd sent me right back to Yancey. Remind me that I had to try harder. Even if this was my sixth school in six years, and I, pro- and I was probably going to get kicked out again, I wouldn't be able to stand that sad look she'd give me. Mr. Brenner parked his wheelchair at the base of the handicapped ramp. He ate celery while he read a paperback novel. A red umbrella stuck up from the back of his chair, making it look like a motorized cafe table. I was about to unwrap my sandwich when Nancy Boba Fett appeared in front of me with her ugly friends. I guess she'd gotten tired of stealing from the tourists and dumped her half-eaten lunch in Grover's lap. Oops! She grinned at me. With her crooked teeth her freckles were orange as if somebody had spray painted her face with liquid cheetos i tried to stay cool the school counselor had told me a million times count to ten get control of your temper but i was so mad my mind went blank a wave roared in my ears i don't remember touching her but the next thing i knew Nancy was sitting on her butt in the fountain, screaming, Percy, post me! Gosh, I can't do that voice. Mrs. Dodds materialized next to us. Some of the kids were whispering, Did you see? The water. Like it grabbed her. I didn't know what they were talking about. All I knew was that I was in trouble again. As soon as Mrs. Dodds was sure poor little Nancy was okay, promising to get her a new shirt at the museum gift shop, etc., etc., Mrs. Dodds turned on me. There was a triumphant fire in her eyes, as if I'd done something she'd been waiting for all semester. "'Now, honey?' "'I know,' I grumbled. "'A month of racing workbooks. That wasn't the right thing to say. "'Come with me.' Mrs. Dodd said. Wait, Grover yelped. It was me. I pushed her. I stared at him, stunned. I couldn't believe he was trying to cover for me. Mrs. Dodd scared Grover to death. She glared at him so hard her whiskey chin trembled. I don't think so, Mr. Underwood, she said. But you will stay here. Grover looked at me desperately. It's okay, man, I told him. Thanks for trying. Honey! Mrs. Dodds barked at me. Now? Nancy Boba Fett smirked. I gave her my deluxe. I'll kill you later, stare. Then I turned to face Mrs. Dodds, but she wasn't there. She was standing at the museum entrance, way at the top of the j- steps, gesturing impatiently at me to come on. How'd she get there so fast? I have moments like that a lot, when my brain falls asleep or something, and the next thing I know, I've missed something, as if a puzzle piece fell out of the universe and left me staring at a cold, at the blink. Darn it. I have moments like that a lot, when my brain falls asleep or something, And the next thing I know, I've missed something. As if a puzzle piece fell out of the universe and left me staring at the blank place behind it. The school counselor told me that this was part of the ADHD. My brain misinterpreted something. I'm sorry. The school counselor told me that this was part of the ADHD. My brain misinterpreting things. I wasn't so sure. I went after Mrs. Dodds. Halfway up the steps, I glanced back at Grover, who was looking pale, cutting eyes between me and Mr. Brenner, like he wanted Mr. Brenner to notice what was going on. But Mr. Brenner was absorbed in his novel. I looked back up. Mrs. Dodds had disappeared again. Now she was inside the building, at the end of the entrance hall. Okay, I thought. She's going to make me buy a new shirt for Nancy at the gift shop. But apparently that wasn't the plan. I followed her deeper into the museum. When I finally caught up to her, we were back in the Greek and Roman section. Except for us, the gallery was empty. Mrs. Dodd stood with her arms crossed in front of a big marble frieze. Of the Greek gods she was making this weird noise in her throat like growling even without the noise I would have been nervous it's weird being alone with a teacher especially mrs. Dodds something about the way she looked at the phrase as if she wanted to pulverize it you've been giving us problems honey she said I did the safe thing and said I'm sorry. I did the same thing. I said, Yes, ma'am. She tugged on the cuffs of her leather jacket. Did you really think you would get away with it? The look in her eyes was beyond mad. It was evil. She's a teacher, I thought nervously. It's not like she's going to hurt me. I said, I'll- "'I'll try harder, ma'am,' thunder shook the building. "'We are not fools, Percy Jackson,' Mrs. Dodd said. "'It was only a matter of time before we found you out. "'Confess, and you will suffer less pain.' "'I didn't know what she was talking about. "'All I could think of was that the teacher must have found my illegal stash of candy "'I'd been selling out of my dorm room. "'Maybe... Or maybe they realized I got my essay on Tom Sawyer off the. Darn it. Or maybe they'd realize I got my essay on Tom Sawyer from the internet without ever reading the book, and now they were going to take away my grade. Worse. Or, or worse. They were going to make me read the book. Well she demanded. "'Man, I don't... "'Your time is up,' she hissed. "'Then the weirdest thing happened. "'Her eyes began to glow like barbecue trolls. "'Her eyes began to glow like barbecue coals. "'Her fingers stretched, turning into talons. "'Her jacket melted into large, leathery wings.' she wasn't human she was a shriveled hag with bat wings and claws and a mouth full of yellow fangs and she was about to slice me to ribbons then things got even stranger mr brenner who'd been out in front of the museum a minute before wheeled his chair into the doorway of the gallery holding a pen in his hand "What ho percy he shouted and tossed the pen through the air. Mrs. Dodds lunged at me. With a yelp, I dodged and felt Talon lash to the air next to my ear. I snatched the ballpoint pen out of the air, but when it hit my hand, it wasn't a pen anymore. It was a sword, Mr. Brenner's bronze sword, which he always used on tournament day. Mrs. Dodds spun towards me with a murderous look in her eyes, My knees were jelly. My hands were shaking so bad I almost dropped the sword. She snarled. "Dad, honey. I can't. I'm sorry. Auntie flew straight at me. Absolute terror ran through my body. I did the only thing that came naturally. I swung the sword. The metal blade hit her shoulder and passed clean through her body as if she were made of water. Yes. Mrs. Dodds was a sand castle in a powder fan. She exploded into yellow powder, vaporized on the spot, leaving nothing but the smell of sulfur and a dying screech and a chill of evil in the air as if those two glowing red eyes were still watching me. I was alone. No, there was no ballpoint pen in my hand. Mr. Brenner wasn't there. Nobody was there but me. My hands were still trembling. My lunch must have been contaminated with magic mushrooms or something. Had I imagined the whole thing? I went back outside. It had started to rain. Grover was sitting by the fountain, a museum map centered over his head. Nancy Boba Fett was still standing there, soaked from her swim in the, ma- in the fountain, grumbling to her ugly friends. When she saw me, she said, I hope Mrs. Kerr whipped your butt. I said, Who? Our teacher. Duh. I blinked. We had no teacher named Mrs. Kerr. I asked Nancy what she was talking about. She just rolled her eyes and turned away. I asked Grover where Mrs. Dodds was. He said, Who? But he paused first. He wouldn't look at me, so I thought he was messing with me. Not funny, man, I told him. This is serious. Thunder boomed overhead. I saw Mr. Brenner sitting under his red umbrella, reading his book, as if he never moved. I went over to him. He looked up, a little distracted. Ah, oh, that would be my pen. Please bring your own writing utensil in the future, Mr. Jackson. I handed Mr. Brenner his pen. I hadn't even realized I was still holding it. Sir? I I said where's mrs dodds he stared at me blankly who the other chaperone mrs dodds the pre-algebra teacher he frowned and sat forward looking mildly concerned percy there is no mrs dodds on this field on this trip as far as i know there has never been a mrs dodds at yancey academy are you feeling all right? And that was the end of this chapter. Um, I really did enjoy that. Um, I hope you did too. And I'm sorry if I sounded a bit weird. Um, I'm not really used to reading out loud to people. Um, and I also busted my lip a few days ago. So I have a bit of small list because of it. Um, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the first chapter. Um, tomorrow I will post the next chapter, which is three old ladies knit the socks of death. Um, hopefully you'll see it. Um, and until then, this is goodbye. See you later.